This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. अंग्रेज अपना लगान और न्यूज लॉन्ड्री अपना हफ्ता कभी नहीं छोड़ते वेलकम टू अनदर एपिसोड ऑफ हफ्ता आई एम बैक आई वाज ट्रैवलिंग लास्ट वीक टू द मातृभूमि फेस्टिवल ऑफ बुक्स आई थिंक और वर्ड्स आई फॉरगेट व्हाट इट्स कॉल्ड एग्जैक्टली व्हिच मातृभूमि इज द ओल्डेस्ट न्यूज़पेपर इन मलयालम एंड आई मस्ट से इट्स अ ह्यूज फेस्टिवल इट्स आई थिंक बिगर देन द जयपुर लिट फेस्ट इट्स माय फर्स्ट टाइम देयर सो थैंक यू जयपुर लिट फेस्ट या डू इट्स ह्यूज एंड द थिंग इज यू नो मल्लूज जनरली The, like the in Jaipur Lit Fest, you see a kind of person. Yeah, it's called the Matrubhumi International Festival of Letters. You see one kind of people, or the youngsters who are there are there to just hang out with each other, eat tikki. <laughs> yeah, as I overheard something, it's a ladkiya tarne chalte. So let's check out the girls. But here, across the socio-economic bracket divide, you know, like there is, of course, I can't understand what's in Malayalam, but like my. Host, they were telling me that this is a writer, this is so and so, this is so and so. That discussion, there was about two hundred, three hundred people, of all sorts, ages, demographics, social, you know. So Malayalam, uh, uh, Kerala really has a culture, and I guess Malayalam literature has readers from a, you know across across to this thing. So uh, yeah, so I'm back. So today joining us in the studio are two very special guests whose book. Uh, I hope you will get the time to read. In fact, we will give out seven signed copies, uh, and I will tell you how you can get those seven signed copies. But the two people are Dinesh Thakur and Prashant Reddy. Hi, Dinesh. Hi, Abhinandan. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us, Abhinandan. Yes. Also, you can see my interview with them, which is just about the book uh, on News Laundry, which will be up later this week. Uh, and with us is our usual gang, uh, Raman Kripal. Hi. And Manisha Pandey. Hi. So uh let me tell you a little about, bit about the book we will do- discuss it in in brief before we talk about the going ons in the country and across the world uh this is many of you ob- already know Dinesh because we have interviewed him in the past on the book that was based on his whistle blowing information that came out but uh this is about the pharma industry in general regulation in India and how uh, how deeply worrisome it is and how it impacts us so profoundly because health and medicine is something we all take across socio economic bracket so uh, that's what this book is about we will hear a little bit about it from them but before that let's get the headlines a lot has happened in parliament this week we heard chance of modi modi chance of modi adani bhai bhai some unparliamentary language used by mahua mitra she used the h word what is the h word harami so <laughs> Ending with I, starting with H. And she said that he stands by. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was referring to uh, BJP MP Biduri, who was kind of heckling her. Right. Meanwhile, Rahul Gandhi gave a speech in Lok Sabha, questioning Modi's closeness to Adani. Eighteen of his remarks on Adani have been expunged or removed from the records of Parliament by orders of the Speaker. He accused Prime Minister Modi of helping Gautam Adani's business empire across sector, prompting emphatic rebuttals from BJP. The Prime Minister also gave two speeches in Rajya Sabha and Lok Sabha. He toured into the Congress, spoke about his achievements as this big vote magnet, mm. and how his greatness uh, cannot be defeated by Congress's meanless jibes. meaningless jibes uh, so we'll speak about that in detail police has detained people's democratic party chief mehbooba mufti from taking out a march to parliament to protest against an ongoing anti encroachment drive in jammu and kashmir 
The woes of Adani Group companies continue as global stock index compiler Morgan Stanley Capital International said it will cut the free float status of four of the conglomerate's firms. Norway's wealth fund's phased divestment in Adani Group also came to an end. The Life Insurance Corporation also, meanwhile, sought an explanation from Adani Group about the recent fall in its share prices. They sought or they said they will seek? They said they will. They They haven't sought yet. (laughs) So they said we will seek Hmm. and we'll also ask them how they're going to deal with the ongoing crisis. Meanwhile, the Adani Group is also planning to prepay $500 million loan due next month to a group of foreign banks including Barclays and Standard Chartered. Right. And the stocks are continuing to plummet. Yeah, I mean, they rose day before yesterday, which yeah. was Tuesday, which was Wednesday. Today is Friday. 7th and 8th, they rose, and then Thursday, Manisha Friday, they've been going to spend, invest in Adani. So, no, today is 12.30pm afternoon, Friday the 10th. So, they rose on 8th. 7th and 8th, both. Uh, and on uh, 9th, Thursday, and today, I don't know what the status is, but they did fall, yeah. The Supreme Court will today... Here, two public interest litigations seeking a court-monitored probe into the short-seller Hindenburg's researches, quote-unquote conspiracy against the Adani group. The guys who filed the PIL, one of them is a notorious advocate, ML Sharma, who's Abhinandan, who Abhinandan had the fortune of interviewing. Yes, you can see my interview <laughs> with ML Sharma, who is really hilawa. Hmm. And he's fired. Right <laughs> <laughs> uh, he is. He's sad, yeah. Huh. Some really heartbreaking images coming in from Turkey and northern Syria as three devastating earthquakes hit Turkey's southern regions on Monday. Uh, the death toll has reached about 20,000 people. India has sent relief material under Operation Dost, uh, which includes six plane loads of relief material. And apparently India has also set up a hospital there. But mm. um, this is, I think, Turkey elections are due sometime soon. And this... Could not have come for a worse time. Yeah. Uh, some really, really heartbreaking images coming of children, families yeah, yeah. under rubble. So it's very bad. And some miraculous uh, yeah, the saves child, also. The some sur- children, surviving. little kids surviving. Mm-hmm. The Guwahati High Court on Thursday allowed the National Investigation Agency to frame charges against Assam MLA Akhil Gogoi and three of his associates in connection with Anti-Citizenship Amendment Act protests. That took place in December 2019. And Akhil has already spent a lot of time in prison uh, early when he was arrested as well. I, I don't know whether he was an MLA then as an activist, but yeah. The Assam's Child Marriage Act has been in the news, making front page headlines. The Assam police cracked down on child marriages that resulted in arrests of over 2,000 people in a span of three days amid opposition, criticizing the move and protests. In fact, this, I mean, if you're wondering what this is about, basically they've weaponized this law that if you're underage you'll be arrested if you're married even in retrospect and in the fear and how many arrests have happened close to 2000 2000 arrests have happened and I mean it is being we'll have to see the data that it is being seen as a Muslim persecution thing but what it is having an impact is that now young girls who did get married when they were underage who are pregnant are so petrified of going to the hospital that there was one case which is in today's newspaper Uh, she just bled to death because she tried to give birth at home there was a very good uh, editorial in Indian Express on this. I mean, this is not the way you should be tackling this yeah. social problem. I mean, and there is already a law, uh, you know, which uh, under which you get two years of jail in case of child marriage. Uh, so, so, so I think you need to socially educate it. So, uh, but unfortunately, uh, even the organizations, uh, you know, run by Kela Sityarthi, they are endorsing, you know, Assam's government's decision mm. that. Uh, in case of child marriages, uh, there should be a case under the Child Marriage Act, Anti-Child Marriage Act. But in case, uh, you know, uh, the the woman, uh, the, the the girl has been raped, the, 
पॉक्सो शुड बी इन्वॉल्व सो सो इवन 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 कैलाश इत्यार्थीज ऑर्गेनाइजेशन इज सपोर्टिंग इट बट बट एक्सप्रेस रेली यू नो पॉइंटेड आउट दैट एडिटोरियल इज वन ऑफ माई रिकमेंडेशन दैट you need to handle it uh, socially i mean you you have but, but what's the how they're doing that let's say you were married when you were a child but today you're over age you'll be arrested anyway yeah in one of the cases at least yeah, retrospectively they, they were arrested they are they are ramdev has been booked on charges of promoting enmity and outraging religious feelings over his provocative remarks at a meeting of seers in rajasthan's barmer district hello how is a ramdev say baba ramdev <laughs> show respect hmm. and it basically he said a lot of things about islam and christianity a section of lawyers in tamil nadu have lodged a protest after the recent appointment of lakshmana victor victoria gauri as madras high court judge she's been accused of hate speech as a judge of madras high court uh, basically in the dismissing the, the the petition challenging her elevation the supreme court said that you cannot hold her you know uh, political views against her no but uh, there is a very good article there is a problem with the gori thingy because uh, there is a very again my recommendation uh, which came out in uh, you know hindu the three senior judges they are the ones who make the colloquium okay mm. so they 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 suggested gori's name merely on uh, you know basing it on their on on her qualifications right she qualifies for that mm. suitable candidate okay after that the government does the ib investigation through uh, inter- intelligence bureau sure. so they are the, uh, so the system is so opaque they hid that part that she has written some articles uh, you know where, where where she has expressed her uh, you know that hate speech against christians and muslims is and it hate speech hate speech or is, is it well hate speech. speech is so flexible these days how and 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 the same collegium who had recommended somebody for the madras high court twice he has not been uh given the and here once the collegium gives it and government endorses and they just hurried up the process hmm. she uh, was sworn in before remember uh, even while a, this case was being yes, heard yes, she was being sworn in at yes. the same time hmm. the all india muslim person law board on wednesday told the supreme court that islamic texts do not bar the entry of women into mosques for namaz after zoom lays off 13000 employees entertainment giant disney said on wednesday that it's going to lay off 7000 employees meanwhile yahoo today announced that it's going to lay off 20% of its workforce yep The Supreme Court dismissed a plea of journalist Rana Ayub challenging summons by the Ghaziabad Special Court in a money laundering case. So basically if she had gone to Supreme Court saying Ghaziabad court has no jurisdiction I mean she lives in Bombay this is an online thing but hmm. they've said no they do. A journalist from Maharashtra Shashikant Varishe was run over at a petrol station in Ratnagiri on Tuesday a day after he wrote an expose on a controversial refinery project in Konkan it's a shocking case. Hmm. Journalists all over India have protested. uh press club of india also has given a statement mumbai press club is holding a rally today that's uh, good against it yeah. and we and we'll have a report we'll have, we a, will have a report. report on it the animal welfare board of india wants february 14 to be celebrated as cow hug day hug a cow on february 14 this there's a really funny thing uh, celebrate valentines day with your significant other <laughs> one of these things that i saw so it's for emotional richness and increasing individual collective happiness no i i remember we used to st- when i was a political science student so that every uh, you know foreign money that aid that we get every uh, you know uh, rupee or dollar is uh, attached with some string so that's what we used to so so uh, we were told that how the western culture 
is you know going to take over uh, our country so so rss i think is uh, we know its philosophy so they they just want to undo it so that is why all important uh you know festivals which have come we which have been important yes chalo better than beating up couples so yaar they just divert their <laughs> attention that's to much just solo hugging couples yes, yes. right so let's get into the discussion speaking of valentines day uh, news laundry has a valentines day special offer it has nothing to do with cows or hugging or others uh, it's a special offer that is going to go on till 22nd of february uh, you can order two mystery box hampers they're priced at 2000 5000 each The mystery boxes contain exciting news laundry merchandise such as the Biru Bala. Are we saying what it has? If yeah, it's exactly that. And mysterious. Is, but it is <laughs> see, but it is exciting and mysterious mystery box. Uh, handpicked books also. So which book you'll get? That's a mystery. Uh, so you can link to this page where you can order this Valentine mystery box. It's in the show notes below. So this is a fantastic way of not just telling someone you appreciate them. But also telling them that I'm slightly, you know, I don't, I don't give flowers and other things that are bad, bad for the environment. I support journalism, and I buy you these these things Is that are good for you. Is this your excuse for not buying flowers? It's bad for environment. <laughs> no, I don't know. I just have to somehow plug this news laundry box. So, How is it bad for environment? Okay. So, uh, so do order that, uh, and you can support news laundry and journalism, and you can also, uh, as they say, in some parts of the country. but how your significant other <laughs> guy or girl before we move on uh, we are thinking of having another meet up whether we will or not will depend on how many people are in this part of the world uh, i will be in michigan uh, i as an abhinandan from the 6th to the 9th of april for a conference uh, so let us know if you are anywhere around and if you know about 20 to 30 of you are in that area and you would like uh, to have a subscriber meet up we'll schedule and organize one uh, so you can write to us at subscription at newslawney.com repeat subscription at newslawney.com uh, and if we get about you know 20 to 30 people then we will organize a meet up over there so yeah 6 to the 9th of april well we have a new nl sena up as well it will explore the illegal migration routes taken by people to emigrate to the us you may have uh, Read in the news or heard a few weeks ago or two months ago that. I mean, I mean, month or two. And Gujarati uh, guy and his daughter, right, or a child. I don't know whether it was a daughter or son. They fell over the fence and he died. The child survived or the wife died. There was someone died. Uh, he died. Uh, he died for sure. Uh, so um, there is a lot of this happening. So do contribute to this endless and a project where we will explore the whole illegal immigration to the US. So let me start with you, Dinesh. Uh, why do you write this book? I I I know that it's the most obvious answer is that it is the near the ah uh, medicine regulation and we'll talk about the the horrible cases that made the news uh, last month but is that the only reason or was it something that triggered from your early experience of being a whistleblower in how big pharma works in India so basically what happened was after 2013 when the whole ranbaxy thing unraveled um the us regulators and the us lawmakers basically wanted to learn from that experience because they had failed miserably i mean what led to ranbaxy was their inspection system their um you know sort of processes to ensure that the quality of medicines for their citizens didn't really work that was the genesis of that entire thing so they engaged with me in basically to say look what can we do differently and that was a long drawn out process i worked with the government accountability uh, office there and i also worked with the senate staff 
And they completely changed the way that they do inspections overseas. So initially, prior to, to, to run back C, they used to do inspections in a very different manner. They used to come here and do paper-based inspections, ask people you know, what they did. After 2013, it, they became forensic. I mean, I don't know, you know uh, if, if, if uh, the, the audience has actually seen this. A couple of weeks ago, there was this news that uh, a, a pharmaceutical company in, uh, in Gujarat called uh, um, uh, Intus Pharma, in the recent inspections, the US FDA inspectors found a truck, truckload of shredded documents a few oh. hundred feet away from the manufacturing facility. Wow. Now, in the past, they wouldn't have been looked at something like this, right? And this is now published as a part of the inspection report say, saying we found this truckload of documents, you know, outside the SEZ <coughs> where the manufacturing facility is. So that's how things changed over there. I, I tried to work with the Minister of Health here. We tried approaching courts, but we really didn't have any success. And Prashant and I went to the Supreme Court. And in fact, some regulator has also sent you some sort of a threat of legal action. <laughs> yeah, that's or what something. I was saying in India. It was <laughs> Meanwhile, you're getting threats and notices. What, what, what was that uh, about? You wrote a piece, basically. No, I mean we gave an interview after the incident in Gambia. Mm -hmm. So we gave an interview to the to India today. And we had made some statements like the highest levels of the Ministry of Health need to take responsibility for what has happened because every time these tragedies happen, the national regulator palms off the blame onto the state drug regulator. Mm. But it's the national guys who can make policy and reform how the entire system works. So half an hour before our book launch on a Saturday evening at 6 p.m., some hardworking bureaucrat in the CDSCO centers uh, very, very menacing legal notice mm. and we replied to it they sent another one we replied to even that one and since then we haven't heard back from them so what is the status of this case now like uh, has the i know there, there were news that the pharma company was raided uh, they were i mean some infectors went there to check out what their stuff is like then what happened the government of india has given the comp this maiden pharmaceuticals a uh, clean shit basically they said that we tested the samples. Right. So basically, every pharmaceutical company is required to maintain control samples of every batch that is shipped into the market. We have no idea how they have ensured that these control samples are from that particular batch because the initial uh, information the regulator put out after raiding the facility was that they weren't following GMP practices. So we don't know how exactly they have ascertained that these were the accurate control samples. And uh, I mean, the other thing is the this they set up the government set up a committee basically, and that committee has been playing around on the margins of the truth, in the sense that they they kept saying that we've been asking the WHO for information about causality, that the causal link between the cough syrups and the deaths, and they are not cooperating with us, and hence uh, there's nothing else to say upon say on this issue. But they are not being completely truthful because the WHO only assists sovereign countries in, you know, providing some scientific expertise, etc. At the end of the day, it's the responsibility of the Gambian authorities to establish that link, mm -hmm. which they have done. They set up a select committee inquiry of their own parliament and they produced a very detailed report, far better than anything that we have done in the recent past and clearly blamed maiden pharmaceuticals and the cough syrups for the deaths. And apart from the standing that uh, select committee report, uh, the epidemiologists in Gambia who are saying that, you know, the clearest test 
of whether or not the cough syrups were responsible for the deaths is the fact that after we took the cough syrups off the market we stopped getting any uh, you know reports, reports of, of deaths, uh, kidney right. failures mm. and in, in epidemiology that's the surest sign of success in identifying the you know the the root cause of mm-hmm. death so instead of corresponding with the gambian authorities this committee happily keeps putting the blame on the who saying the who is not giving us anything right now even the book dinesh has several cases of extreme uh, laxity and lapses mm-hmm. in regulation uh, which have led to uh, alarming situations even deaths including what we discussed in the interview last night yet why doesn't it become an election issue headline news is it too technical is it just like we were discussing before we started recording that now everybody's withdrawing from adani <laughs> but earlier you know no one really checked out his finances yeah. same thing with satyam raju till you know it sank completely though before we get a notice from uh, adani we should say that satyam is declared fraud yeah yeah but what i'm saying is, is even but before that everyone is <laughs> investing in uh, satyam yeah. raju na till mm. something so is it too technical uh, and if so how can it become an issue because it impacts us you know profoundly yeah no that's, that's a really good question that was the, the reasons why we wrote this book because when it comes to health right this is not something that we think about on a daily basis unless we really need health services it's only when we need health services that it dawns upon us that look you know we have to deal with the system that you know corrupt incompetent system that we deal with we saw this during covid if you're willing to shell out a lot of money you still couldn't get the services that you needed right, right. Mm. so the point i'm trying to make here is that health is one of these things where we never figures in our common parlance unless we absolutely need it and by the time it's too late that's one factor the other factor is that that, that you know over successive administrations i think that our government has essentially you know created a very successful strategy basically saying we are the pharmacy to the world or the pharmacy to the developing world this is a deliberate well funded campaign to try and advance the interest of the industry globally and locally and they've been very successful at it there's absolutely no issue around that a combination of these two factors essentially kind of hides the complexities and the difficulties that we face with with our drug supply which only manifests when we have to go to the the hospital when we are take the prescription up to the you know pharmacy to get it filled then it hits us and by the time you're no position you're the most vulnerable position at the point in trying to try and do anything about it so why doesn't it become a talking point for news because um, you know american media is considered it dumbs down everything oh it yeah. plays to the gallery it is yeah. as good or bad as ours which i don't agree with but i don't want to get into that but yeah. even there even a fox even a cnn uh, you know which will play this balloon being shot down on loop <laughs> or they will keep playing some right. alarming visual on loop which is not really giving information yeah. uh, yet like obama care what it has what it doesn't yeah. became a huge talking yeah. point yeah. in headlines in yeah. debates it became an election yeah. issue the opioid crisis is is yeah. an election issue it does make you know prime time headline right. health related discussions do make prime time headlines right. uh even though american media is considered a dumbed mm-hmm. down media right uh why why is that not an issue here you think people don't care they're okay what what's the problem Well, if you, if you look, I'm sorry. Go on. If you look around the newsrooms, I mean, and then tell me which newsroom actually has a health beat. Mm. I mean, if you don't invest in actually building competence, because you, remember, you have to be able to explain things to people in in terms and language that they understand, right? Mm. 
We have one reporter in the country today who does that, Priyanka Pula. If you read her reports, and she does it like, you know, she takes a long time to, to do the stories, but she explains it in a way that people understand. Mm. She's a freelance reporter, right? Mm. Tell me which newsroom actually has a health beat. Mm. We are happily, the, the, the health journalism in this country is essentially, you know, largely in two, in two different buckets. One is what the pink papers report in quarterly, you know, earnings. That's what we report as part of health journalism. Mm. Quarterly numbers made by hospitals, pharma companies, and things like that. Right. The other thing is what the ministry, you know, sort of puts out or, or leaks, you know, strategically to to one of the pet, you know, uh, uh, new reporters who work for these large media organizations. About every year, you know, we 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 successfully did well on mortality deaths and infant mortality and you know family health. It's the same metrics every year. And every year we, we, you know, we have sustainable development goals. I mean, go back and look at, every, you know, uh, you know, your, your reporting around what really happens with the metrics that the health, health ministry puts out. That is the quality of our reporting right now. So unless we invest in, who's going to explain it to people in a way that they can actually understand? So no, I get your technical. point. Hmm. Uh, but uh, there are, there is health beat but it's uh, not in most of the newspapers, but hmm. they are not investigating into the issues you know that they should mm. so basically uh, you know they are just carrying they, they become the mouth uh, piece of uh, of the government right. whatever the government is mm. there is a help also what happens typical of all beats is that you're saddled with two three more beats so you're not really yeah, you know given yeah. time to acquire True. expertise yeah. and then that's when you can actually investigate and stuff very technical uh, because yeah, they take right. health beat as a very light beat so so yeah. they will give give two three more beats mm. to mm. If I can add also, there's also a bit of a, you know, a class issue. Mm. In 1986, when that tragedy happened in JJ Hospital, because mm. JJ Hospital is, you know, a well-known hospital, a lot of the rich and well-heel also. For those of you are wondering, it's uh, in the book, I think it's in the first chapter, uh, in JJ Hospital, there are 14 deaths because of a particular medicine and it's been discussed it's in Prashant's book. Like the cough syrup, the diethylene right. glycol poisoning. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that struck us then, when we were researching in the, for the book, was that the media outrage? Yeah, you know, at that time there was T. N. Neenan and all who were reporters. India today uh, yeah. did a lot on it. I remember who back went then. after the government, right? And they created so much pressure that a commission of inquiry had to be set up. What we are seeing now is if the WHO raises an issue at the international level, then it gets wall-to-wall coverage, like what happened with the Gambian case. The WHO raised the first red flag mm-hmm. when children in Jammu die in uh, you know in PGA IMER because of this poison cough syrup only like two North Indian newspapers covered it in detail Tribune and Indian Express it barely got coverage elsewhere and the Uzbekistan deaths again didn't get that much coverage because the WHO didn't raise the first and also the coverage it gets is a more nationalistic defensive correct yeah I mean trying to because the things India ko badnaam kar there is a counter propaganda by the government right uh, which is now I'd just like to move on to what happened in parliament yesterday it was a noisy um, raccoos is the word what's the word that this raccoos, yeah. raccoos is in, in parliament yeah. 
what struck me was a uh, rahul gandhi looks very confident like he knows what he's talking about which is a change and i think uh, the hubris point is being reached by modi because what he said yesterday i'm sure it made people on his own benches uncomfortable he says ed has done what you know no one could do it's got all the op- opposition together i mean is he saying that the ed is mm-hmm. two, i mean is he endorsing what everyone says mm-hmm. about agencies but more importantly he said i i'll just uh, this is the exact quote which will play aur adarniya sabhapati ji desh dekh raha hai desh dekh raha hai ek akela kitna ko bhari pad raha hai ek akela kitna ko bhari pad raha hai are nare bolne ke liye nare bolne ke liye bhi unko badal karna padta hai kyun ye bolta hai so what he's basically saying is that me versus all of you no, and it's a no contest one person yeah i'm one person and all of you are not enough it's to no take contest. me on it's now that kind of arrogance is something that uh, i i haven't seen him demonstrate before not directly i mean there is an arrogance in how he talks his body language but him saying it like that i'm so big that all of you together are not enough to take me on alone as if the rest of his party are like they're just there for time pass so tali bajane hain jaise when we used to play basketball right even there's a really funny guy bijju so uh, how he'd get into your mind is that when uh, you know you're playing and one guy keeps missing uh so he says are isko bhi shot lene do ye taali bajane thode na hai chal beta tu bhi shot le le so 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 he like get into your mind make you miss so baaki sab bjp wale taali bajane baithe matlab it's just modi i that's the first time i've seen him demonstrate such arrogance hmm. so directly no i think it was uh, the most uh, crude way of uh, showing arrogance but he was arrogant right from the beginning yeah. in 2014 uh, even before he was sworn in as a, as the prime minister and i was with dna editor so we all were uh, you know given the invitation to meet him i think it was around holy time so so he and with the way he came down you know from the dais yeah. uh, with amit shah and uh, uh you know just meeting all the report not all the reporters is he was just uh, you know shaking hands with some and and passing by so and i we could very clearly see the arrogance mm. and uh, he demonstrated by saying that 56 yeah inch ka chati i mean so that is arrogance only but yes i mean what you are saying is right i mean that was the i think the he reached the height yeah i mean the, uh, there's the height of arrogance the entire country has been witness how one individual has prevailed over so many this is in english mm. he said it in hindi wow uh, they are having to take turns even to shout slogans but i remain unshakable so 
it's yeah i just found that strange yeah. uh, but, but what do you make of how parliament and of course they expunge the remarks of kharge yeah. and rahul i mean i i i didn't watch the whole whole speech but i uh, saw you know little snippets of it what stood out to me was his following i mean he's very comfortable in his own skin and mm. whenever you see him speak public publicly yeah. right he's extremely comfortable very folklorish you know use examples that are like colloquial mm. toward the end of last uh, yesterday's speech right he seemed rattled he visibly was rattled yesterday that's the first time that i've seen him you know so something is getting under his skin whether it is just the the backbench is kind of shouting slow yeah in fact raman sir and i were discussing uh, i think right? he's not used to in your face kind of exactly you know mocking him in your face yeah. he's so that was different yesterday because lok sabha speech i mean obviously you know he was he was making fun of everybody right he reciting poetry and stuff like that yeah yesterday was the first time that i saw him visibly rattled that is also quite possible because uh, in this 8 years he has never held any press conference mm. because he fears that i mean he, yeah. he just goes one to one you know when it comes to the uh, this yep. thing interview so yes yesterday and and uh, the shouting and he's and his team was of course uh, thumping the bench thumping the bench right. but um this ex- expunging the remarks is mm. it important like someone explain to me why does it matter so much is it for posterity that people will know what was said in parliament what was not uh, why does it become such a big deal any well, that's any the history idea? in making na history in record so if but up to video hai na is it is it just is it just because we are now used to you know seeing that if anybody wants to consult what was the debate in parliament like yeah. they look at the parliament speeches but that now we have youtube so whether it's there or not people can see it right well on youtube and social media yeah but i was noticing the channels also weren't showing it that it's been expensive so we can't show it though i don't think that's a rule can you be called up or by the parliamentary no, committee if you show so, so you essentially i think in no, this day and age indicating you can't, you can't? you can't write in the newspaper so i presume you can't even show it are you sure yes in in the newspapers yes video uh, we don't know yet so 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 we used to whenever we used to report parliament so the expunged we simply write the expunged thingy but we never used to mention what he had said i mean that way uh, rahul gandhi came up with all those expunged thing on yeah, his he put it on twitter. Uh, twitter he put it on twitter he did that no so legally speaking if it is on the parliamentary record hmm. and no matter how defamatory or you know otherwise illegal it may be hmm. you as a journalist when you reproduce it that immunity extends even to you hmm. so that kind of and it's and parliament is that one rare bastion of you know like unfiltered free speech hmm. until the speaker decides to start expunging right. the record so but that's very interesting because then as a journalist if i pick up rahul gandhi's remarks which have been expunged adani can very well tomorrow say exactly. that yes you know send a defamation oh, notice so that's the reason so it's so a technical it can, reason it can really kind of spook people into raising also, the questions that rahul is raising also uh, i think mm. how many times we remember, i mean uh, these videos have an immediate impact but we don't remember them for long you know but people uh, the historians and the political scientists when they write a book on the basis of you know this parliament uh, recordings so that will you know long last so so that is why i'm saying it was it is history in the making so they are very particular about it that is why they have expunged and i don't think those remarks why would they be expunged because the questions that he asked were questions 
it wasn't an allegation or defamatory. He's like, for example, I'm reading it out one of them. How much money has Adani given to BJP in the last 20 years through electoral bonds? How many times did Adani join he, you on a visit? Hmm. And, they've, how, and they've expanded Yeah, that, how that many question. times did Adani travel to a foreign country just after you did? I mean, these are not defamatory questions. I mean, they're, they're just questions. A, I don't know if questions can be defamatory. So it's about, there's, I mean, the parliament has a rule book, right, on what is allowed and not allowed, specifically because the speech over there is largely uh, protected. The the problem, I mean, this this is not a new problem, you know, forever. There has been a problem with expunging all kinds of uh, words. And a lot of uh, MPs like Derek O'Brien and Bawa and all have been complaining that uh, so every time they raise a point of order during your speech, they interrupt the flow because they're asking the speaker to try and expunge something or the other. So this has been a larger issue with how parliamentary proceedings are conducted, where they use these rules, parliamentary rules, to try and disrupt speeches and get keep getting the record struck. I mean, ideally, the speaker should be a lot more... Oh, the speaker's partisanship is, it's ah. not, they don't even hide it. Yeah, he went into a long lecture telling the opposition, don't, you know, up. Like Meera Kumar used to try to be, you know, I mean, although even she was partisan, but it wasn't like, now though it's a straight up, man. I used to right. love Sagma. Ah. Uh, he was very his, popular. As a yeah, his smile and even, even Meera Kumar. Yeah. I mean, but politics was very different yeah. then. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't this, I mean... Yes. Today, I mean, forget being caught talking to an opposition party. I was telling Dinesh and Prashant yesterday, there are people in government who have known me for years and have been friendly with me. And if there are no cameras around, will shake my hand, sit and chit chat. <laughs> but don't the cameras, they just step eight steps mm-hmm. away from me and pretend they You're have really met me. So they're just petrified about how will Modi see if I'm hanging out with so and so if I'm hanging out it's pathetic. I mean, that's. I mean, is 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 there an expectation? And I don't know the parliamentary rules all that well. But is there an expectation that if a question is raised by the opposition, then the governing party has to respond to those questions? If you expunge the questions, but then you can claim that look, there's nobody's they, actually asked those questions. They, the government is claiming that the questions are allegations, and which which and, and they're baseless allegations. You don't have any proof to but, raise those questions. That's but that's the whole point of protect, uh, protective speech in the parliament. Absolutely, right? absolutely. Yeah, but you have to have a fair empire for that to Correct. work out, Correct. right? Correct. So that's. Yeah. I think Rahul Gandhi's speech was actually pretty pointed. Yeah. I mm. think he really stuck to the point of Adani and cloning capitalism and asking very pointed questions of BJP. He didn't waver. It didn't go into sure. a philosophical zone or whatever. Modi, on the other hand, it was a one and a half hour speech. 80 minutes or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right? and I think by the end of it, he was basically, again, he's just talking to his voters. Right. It's pretty clear because he doesn't, doesn't mention Adani. He talks about welfare screams, which he knows gets him the votes. He talks about national security. And, you know, little things like UPA ke time mein uh, announcements hote the ki dhyan se ye mat uthao, wo mat uthao, bomb blasts ka dar hota tha. Right. Right. You've not had, and you know, these kind of things do connect with the voters. It's true that we have not had a terror, you know, a, no, attack of that scale. And See, that really connects. And that was Adani, that's what he was doing, playing ha, the, on his... Uh, the Adani question is fine. I mean, so far. But but when you try to journalize it and call it crony capitalism, Congress did the same, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, you can't blame Modi for this. All of you listening in, the Chota Hafta, do subscribe so you can listen to the entire Hafta. We will see you again next week with the Hafta. Till then, subscribe, pay to keep news free because when the public pays, the public is served and advertisers pay. Advertisers are served. Thank you.
Goodbye. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thank you.